Welcome to the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. Hi and welcome everybody, I'm Doggy Dan, the founder of the online dogtrainer.com video website. Thanks ever so much for tuning into this podcast, show number 15, which is called Training your dog to come when called every time. And I added the words every time at the end because for a lot of people, you know, the dog will come eight, nine times out of ten, but you really want them to come ten times out of ten because it's those times when they don't come that are so infuriating. And often that's the time when you really need them to come. So this is about making sure your dog comes every time, always listens to you, and of course, that's when we end up having a loving our dog and feeling like we have that amazing relationship with them. So what is inside the show? Well, inside the show, we're going to start by just having a look at some of the sort of nightmare scenarios that people have experienced and that you may be experiencing. Then we're going to basically, I'm going to just touch on very briefly, the big reason why recall is not alien to your dog. It shouldn't be that difficult for your dog. It kind of goes with your dog's nature. I'm going to just explain why it should make total sense to your dog, because that'll give you a lot of confidence. And then I'm going to touch on the six keys to success. They're basically just six big areas that you can focus on and put into practice. And just by putting in place these six things, or some of these six things, you will find that your recall improves incredibly. Just, and sometimes it'll only take, you know, a matter of minutes, you know, a couple of days. It doesn't take that long to develop an amazing recall. Very often within half an hour of working with somebody, we have a completely different dog. At the end of this um, podcast, what I'm going to do as well is, if it's all right with you, I'm just going to show you where you can go to get a ton more information about not just recall, but all sorts of dog training. But there is another, a completely, um, a totally um, another podcast in its entirety so it's a whole new podcast taking this recall to another level because there's so many little tips and tricks and uh, different scenarios that you may be finding yourself in and a lot of those are going to be covered off in this podcast in this audio however i've made a completely new audio and that's uh, something that i'd like to talk to you about and show you where you can go and get that as well if you want to take it to that next level Okay, let's kick it off. Before we do so, I should say that the show notes, a little reminder, show notes for the show can be found at www.doggydan.com forward slash show 15. All right, so some of those nightmare scenarios. I don't want to dwell on them too much, but look, what, what we're talking about here, what we're going to cover off and help people with is these sort of scenarios. You let your dog off the leash and they are gone. It's like they're, they're over the hills and far away, over the sand dunes. They're beyond the park, into the woods, gone, gone, gone. For you know, 22 kilometers later, they might turn back. Four or five hours later, they come back when they're ready. Nightmare scenario. Another scenario is where your dog is running around and will kind of come when you call, but they'll come to within two or three meters of you and they won't come any closer, so you can't catch them. It's almost like they're playing this game. They understand what you're saying. In fact, nearly all the time when you call your dog, your dog understands that you're shouting their name and saying, come here. They're choosing to ignore you or disobey you. Another um, scenario is exactly that, that you call your dog and Clothy sort of stares at you and looks at you. And very often we think our dog is dumb, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Your dog is just weighing up their options and choosing to ignore you. I know that doesn't make you feel much better right now. 
But um, that's what's pretty much happening. And, of course, we've got all sorts of different issues. Maybe the dog will come eight, eight, nine times out of ten, but when they see another dog or they're smelling something or they're running up to somebody else, they totally and utterly ignore you. So we're going to cover off all those different scenarios and what you can do with these six keys to success. First of all, though, I did say, and I want to cover it off now, recall should be and is it goes with your dog's nature. It's not complicated. It shouldn't be tricky. They, they, they understand what's going on, and they should be quite happy to follow some basic recall. And the reason for that is this. Your dog is a pack animal. And within the pack, there's leaders and followers. And leaders basically tell the, the followers what to do. And so getting your dog to come to you isn't kind of against going against their grain. It's not going against their nature. It makes perfect sense to them. In the wild, you know, those followers in the pack will do what the leaders say. That's how it works. And, uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But just trust me on that one. If you are the pack leader it all becomes so much easier. And that's where my video website, theonlinedogtrainer.com comes in because for so many people, this underlying issue of becoming the pack leader is the real key to success. You can't tell your dog to what to do if, uh, if your dog actually thinks that they are in charge. Okay, let's get on to these six keys to success. The first key to success to having an amazing recall is what I call, I'm going to call it the contract. You have to establish a very clear contract with your dog. Now, what I mean by contract, I'm sort of talking about the sort of contract that you um, write. Now, obviously, we don't write a contract with a dog. We're not going to go to the solicitors or the lawyers and write something down with a dog. But it's an agreement. It's the contract that you have with your dog. And the contract is all about what is going to happen and what should happen when you say, let's, um, let's say you've got a doggy called Coco. You shout, Coco, come. Come, Coco, come here. Now, what does that mean to your dog? In most people's situations, when you call your dog and shout, Coco, come, your dog is hearing that and your dog is thinking, mm, probably not good. I'm probably doing something really fun right now and they're probably wanting me to come, stop doing what I'm doing and they're probably going to, I don't know, maybe there's probably a high chance that they're going to maybe take me, put me in the car, stick my lead on and stop me having fun. And that's why your dog doesn't come. Now, in your mind, when you shout Coco come, it's pretty much the same thing. You're probably thinking, yep, I want to stop him doing what he's doing, get him to come now. And if he comes, well, I'll probably put him on the lead just in case he runs away again. And I'll probably put him in the car. So that's what I'd call the contract that a lot of people have with their dog when they shout, you know, or say the word Coco come or, or Rover come or whatever your dog's name is. So it's not a very healthy contract. And it's the main reason, I would say, that most dogs actually don't come when called. And I'm making this all very, sound very simple, but it actually is. You know, I've studied thousands of dogs and I've studied thousands of terrible recalls. And I've actually got to the stage where I've gone, you know what? That's the main reason dogs don't come when they call. Dogs are so logical. If there's something good in it for the dog, most dogs would come. And even though you may be thinking, yeah, but sometimes I do do good stuff, the chances are in your dog's mind they've worked out the probability of good stuff happening, the probability of bad stuff happening, or the probability of them leaving something good, like playing with another dog, and they've weighed it all up, and now they've come to the very quick decision of, yep, when I hear you call me, I'm not that interested. And we need to change that contract around. The contract that you really want to have is something along these lines. 
When I call you, Coco, come, Coco, come. What I want that to mean to you is this. I want you, Coco, to think, wow, you want to give me an amazing treat. Now, if you're thinking I don't want to use food because that will ruin my dog, just bear with me here because this is powerful stuff and you don't have to use food forever, food forever more. So bear with me. When you shout, Coco, come here, you want Coco to come sprinting towards you as fast as they can as if she's won the lottery. And she just wants to, you want them sitting there going, I'm going to get something really good. And then you give her something really good and you let them go again. Now, I call that is a very simple little uh, sequence. It's called call. That's when you call them. You reward them. That is when you reward them and then let them go. So call, reward, let go. And very, very often, you know, the reward, that part is kind of missing or falling apart. There's no food rewards. It's maybe a little pat on the head, which your dog doesn't really appreciate that much anymore. And the letting go bit, yeah, quite often people put the dog in the lead. So that contract, call them, reward them, and let them go, is something which you really want to be focusing on. And especially if you've got a young puppy, you put this in place. It can be incredibly powerful. And most of us do when when it's a young puppy. And then we start to get bored. And so I guess what I'm saying is as your dog gets older, I would keep using random rewards. Not all the time, but sometimes use little treats. And I'm going to go into that more in a little bit more detail a little bit later on but just bear in mind that's the contract that is what you're aiming for call them give them something good and release them the time when you actually need to take them and put them in the car what you can do is very little clever trick this is you wait till your dog's sniffing the ground and you walk up very casually behind them and you bend down take them by the collar put the lead on and then you walk them slowly back to the car what you've done there is it means that you never actually called your dog and stuck the lead on them so at no time on that walk did you ever call your dog give them a negative consequence such as putting them on the lead and take them to the car every single recall at the park or at the beach was a positive one and that is very powerful over time your dog starts to learn 100 percent of the time good stuff happens when i'm called that is the first key to success just understanding that contract okay the second key to success is all about the reward so we've got the call the rewarding your dog for coming and then letting them go and this is about the reward it's about having an amazing treat it's about having giving your dog some lovely pats cuddles and affection it's about throwing the ball for your dog or the stick they are the three big areas main key areas of rewards you know you've got pats and cuddles and affection you've got food rewards and you've got toy rewards the balls and the stick and it's we i mean i don't want to talk too much about food but food is a big part of of rewards because you know at the end of the day i'd say 80 90 percent of dogs would probably put food as the number one thing they love some dogs will prefer pats and cuddles and affection and some dogs will enjoy the ball or the stick being thrown more that's fantastic whatever you know i've got one dog who just loves pats cuddles and affection and who loves the ball but uh, the other two dogs absolutely adore food i'll touch on food quickly whiz through it one thing to do with the food is just recognizing you can't give your dog boring little dry biscuits that you're giving them every day in a bowl a whole handful a whole cupful for breakfast and then trying to get them really excited to come running towards you for a little dry biscuit that's just not going to work think of a dry biscuit as like maybe 10 cents you know what would you do work-wise for 10 cents not a lot but what would you do for a million dollars an awful lot more and it's the same for your dog 
So there's different values of food. There's different values of food reward. And it's about understanding what your dog will do anything for. What's the million dollar value for your dog? And then sort of going, okay, well, maybe we should start using a few more of those and using them randomly, not all the time. So your dog never knows when they're going to get them. It becomes a little bit like a, um, a little bit like the lottery. Your dog always knows it's going to be good, but doesn't know what it's going to get. Look, I had a really um, funny uh, conversation once with a guy on a telephone. He rang me to say that his dog was sitting by the barbecue and um, they'd fed him a sausage during the barbecue, off the barbecue, and, and now he's sitting there. Basically, every time the barbecue was turned on, he sat there drooling and waiting for another sausage. And I said, yep, that's, that's pretty much what happens. He said to me, is it okay to have done that? I said, well, it's fine, but your dog will sit there pretty much forevermore hoping desperately that he's going to win another sausage or I'm thinking about the lottery, win another, win the lottery again. But um, yeah, that's what it's like for the dog. I said, what would have been better is to have turned the barbecue off, wait for the sausage to cool down, barbecue's over, everyone's gone home. And then, you know, from a completely different part of the house or the garden, from in the garage or something, you call your dog and when they come, you give them the whole sausage. I call this the, the power of the magic sausage because your dog will literally look at you and go, wow. So you can just like produce sausages out of thin air. There was no barbecue on and you just managed to, boop, there's a sausage. That's how your dog is going to think about it. And they're going to say, okay, so sometimes even though the barbecue is not on and I can't see you cooking sausages, you like have these sausages stored away somewhere. And when you call me, sometimes I may get a sausage. That's the million dollar reward. And so much with our recall, we've forgotten the power of rewarding our dog for coming. And when we talk about the contract, which is calling your dog, rewarding your dog and letting them go, it's this reward which has totally fallen apart and disappeared. So bear that in mind. As I said before, some dogs are happy for the ball to be thrown, stick to be thrown, and that's absolutely fantastic. Now, moving on swiftly. Secret to the key to... um amazing recall number three the third key is about keeping control of the environment because a lot of you are probably thinking yeah it's all very well saying get your dog to come call them and reward them but we can't even get our dog to come and this is where you really need to go back to basics and keep your dog on what i call a long line it's just a rope and you basically keep your dog on that rope don't let them go because once you let them go it's a bit like the horse has bolted. Once the horse has bolted, hey, it's game over. So just bear in mind that, you know, when your dog is running away and not coming, you need to kind of go right back, start again, keep them under control on this rope, and then they may be only five or ten meters away from you, still on this rope which you drop on the ground, and you call them, give a little tug, they come toward you, you give them the little treat. And, of course, this is very basic stuff. And you might, you may, if you're struggling to visualize this, I mean, I'm doing my best to explain it in inside the video website, the online dog You can find videos of me working with dogs who've never been off leash before. There's whole videos on all this stuff. And, uh, and that's where you can get a lot, uh, you know, videos, audio is good. I'd say video is a, a whole lot better because you can actually see it happening, but that's what you're doing. You keep your dog on that line. You give them a little tug. And you don't let them off that line if you don't think they're going to come back. You need to be sure they're going to come when you call them. So you really develop your call reward and then let them go again before you let them off the line. 
Okay, now, key number four for having an amazing recall is all about your body language. You see, too often what happens with the recall is we're thinking about something completely other than the dog coming towards us. And what we what we end up doing is we actually start moving towards the dog. So we shout, Rover or Coco, come here, Coco, come. And we start to walk towards Coco. Now, if you've ever done this, it's quite bizarre, but if you ever say somebody's name and say, come here, but walk towards them, you'll find the person doesn't come towards you. Sounds obvious. But what's happening is you are actually walking towards that person. And very quickly, the person's saying, well, I don't know where you're going because you are walking towards me. So I'm going to stay put here and see where you end up. See, if you're heading towards your dog shouting, come here, very few dogs will actually run towards you. They'll often watch you or they'll turn and carry on running in the direction away from you that you're headed in. Because that way they kind of probably think, well, hang on, you're coming this way. I must be in the lead. I'm going the right way. See, your body language is very, very important. And what can actually work in your favor is if you call your dog and you actually walk backwards or you turn your back on the dog and run in the other direction. Now, if you haven't got your dog on a long line, you you might be concerned about doing this because your dog may be headed towards a, a road or disappearing into the distance. But with your dog on a long line, you can put this sort of stuff into practice and it's very powerful you know a lot of you may have experienced when your dog sort of turns looks at you you call them and that's the point when your dog is sort of looking at you saying hey well what are you doing and that's when you've really got to turn and not walk towards your dog but walk the other way and that's where your dog is saying are you bluffing here are you kidding me are you coming this way which way are you coming oh you're going okay i better follow you So bear in mind your body language can give off um, a lot of information to your dog as to whether you're really going to follow them or go back the way that you want them to come. Now, another thing to do with your body language is crouching down. A lot of dogs will see you standing up very strong as probably, whoops, maybe I'm in a bit of trouble. But very often when we crouch down, we're giving the dog attention and we're holding something in our hand to give them. So one of the best ways to get your dog to come is to crouch down Hold something in your hand, hopefully it's a bit of food, a really lovely treat, hold it out for your dog and shake and wave it around so they can see that when you're shouting, Coco, come here, come here, that they'll immediately think, oh, I'm not in trouble, I'm going to be given something lovely. So this is all about your body language and and, um, your energy and of course the tone of your voice that you say things is also powerful. So rather than doing the whole, Coco, come here, well... You know, most dogs, most animals, most people will understand that the dog's probably not going to get a reward when when they're, they're asked to come in that tone of voice. However, if you do, Coco, come here, good boy, good boy. Very powerful. Two reasons. One is it's a high voice. I mean, I can do even higher, believe it or not. I've been developing it over the years. But it, it actually does work. You know, the high voice works. The other thing which I've done there is I've said good boy or good girl. And when you use the word good girl, you're Dog, dogs, it's amazing. Most dogs will come more to the words good girl or good boy than they will to their own name. And the reason for that is quite simple. If you think about it, most times when you say Coco come or Coco, Coco's either been good or bad. Sometimes she's been naughty and that's why we're shouting Coco. Sometimes she's been good and that's why we're shouting Coco. So it's sort of, it could be 50-50, you know. Coco doesn't know if she's been good or bad. So she's not that excited when she hears her name. However, when you say the words, good boy, we always mean that the dog's been good. That's why we're saying good. So they actually have a stronger connection to the words good boy or good girl than they do their own name very often. 
So it's a powerful way of getting your dog's attention and communicating to them again that they've done well. You're almost preempting it. You're visualizing that they've been well, been good. They've come and you've called and you're going to give them a reward. So it's the whole, Coco, come here. Good boy. Good boy. You say it before they even start to come towards you. Before you know it, there they are running in your direction. Give them a treat and let them go again. Okay. Key number five, secret number five to having an amazing recall. It's a little bit of a subtle one, this. It's all about being the pack leader. We all talk about pack leader. It's my passion in dog training to help people understand how to be the pack leader because it helps with absolutely everything. And I've mentioned it earlier, but it's important that I mention it again because if you are struggling in, in this area or indeed in many other areas, it'll, it'll undoubtedly come down to your dog really not respecting you. They're not it's not that they don't understand what you're asking them to do, but a lot of dogs, basically, they won't take orders or commands from people who they see as being below them in the pack. And so becoming the pack leader is one of the most powerful, one of the most subtle ways to developing an amazing recall. It just makes all your training, all the work that you do with your dogs so much easier. Dogs have an incredible ability to read what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're saying, what your intention are, intention is, what you want them to do. If you're the pack leader, they'll be so much more willing to put that in place and make you happy. Do what you say. There are leaders and there are followers. So just bear that in mind. If you feel like your dog is looking at you and constantly sticking their fingers up at you saying, why should I do what you say? Who do you think you are to tell me what to do? If your dog's constantly walking off with a nose in the air and uh, giving you the cold shoulder and doesn't really seem to warm to your pats, cuddles and affection, it's because they don't really see you as this great pack leader. More of a bit of a hindrance and a bit of a burden and a bit of a pain and they're kind of looking after you, keeping an eye on you. If you think about it in the wild, the pack leader leads and the pack members follow. So it's not really that your dog should be coming to you. In their mind, if, if your dog thinks they're in charge, you should be following your dog. You should be keeping up with them. No way that they should keep having to come back to you every time you shout at them. And that's how it is for a lot of people. The dog will come back and protect you if there's another dog there or another person. They keep an eye on you, but it's more to protect you and keep an eye on you. So that's where being the pack leader, sorting that bit out, is an incredible key step in establishing a great recall for many, many people. And of course, that's where the video website comes in place, the online dog trainer.com. Now, key number six to an amazing recall is frequency. And what I mean by frequency is it's about the number of times that you call your dog. This is a huge problem for a lot of people. We've, we've fallen into the trap of sort of shouting our dog when we're at the park every sort of 30 seconds or a minute. We start panicking. I mean, how many times have we seen it? You know, dog wanders over there and we shout, Coco, come here, Coco, come. And Coco might come, we give him a treat, all very good. Coco wanders off again. Looks like she might head off to another dog, maybe 20, 30 meters away, and the owner panics. Coco, come here, Coco, come. And at this point, Coco's thinking, well, you know what? I just came before and I got a little dry biscuit, which was okay, but, it, you know, I'm a bit bored now of those dry biscuits. And Coco runs off and we keep shouting, Coco, come. The point is this. If you call your dog and thinking that they're this sort of remote control robot, with ever-ready batteries, you are going to fall flat on your face because one of the reasons for your dog being there is to let them exercise, let them run, let them have freedom, have fun. And it's a sort of a trade-off. We need to get into this state of mind of realizing 
You can let your dog run all the way over there so long as they come when they call, when they're called. And so don't see it as failure because your dogs run a long way away, maybe 20, 30 yards away, so long as they come when you call them. That's the key bit. You know, when you see me at the beach, if you see me at the beach, I should say, you know, one of my dogs might be 20 yards behind, one might be 50 yards over to the left, one could be 100 yards in front. I don't mind. They're all doing different things. One's in the sea, one's playing with somebody else's dog, one's um, fetching the ball. But when I call them, they'll all come running. The secret is not to call them very often. And when they do come, give them big rewards. So it's not that you have to keep calling them lots and lots and lots, but I'd suggest maybe on a walk, maybe five times, say, in a half-hour walk. I mean, very often you'll see me walking with my dogs or I'll walk my dogs for 15, 20 minutes. I won't call them at all because they've learned to stick and stay close to the pack leader. However, a ballpark figure, five times. You'll call your dog, give them a reward, and then you let them go. Now, in case you're thinking, hang on, you said we're going to fade the food rewards out. Well, yep, absolutely. You can fade food rewards out. And, uh, you know, there's a podcast, there's an audio on how to use food rewards inside my video website, um, fading food rewards out. Very powerful, understanding just how to drop them, drop that frequency of food rewards down so your dog never knows when they're going to get this big payout. But to start with, Keep the food rewards in there until your dog has developed a totally new sort of uh, pattern in their mind. You call them, you reward them, you give them this treat. And like I say, five times is about the right number of recalls you want to do with your dog. And the rest of the time, you should be letting them just go, sniff, play, have fun. And of course, remember, you've still got them on that long line. So there you have it, six keys, the six keys to successful recall. These are just six really big areas. Like I say, there's a whole load more, which I've put into another audio inside the site. But these six are, I'll just run them through them again briefly so you can uh, remember. First one is develop that contract, which is where you call your dog, you reward your dog, and then you let them go. The second key to success is these rewards. Get back to those amazing food rewards. Find out what it is that your dog absolutely loves and um, put it on random reward eventually, but start every single time giving them a reward for coming. The third thing is if you're really struggling, get control of your dog and keep control with the use of a long line, a rope, clip it onto your dog's collar and uh, don't let them go. Otherwise, it's just like asking me what to do. You know, what do we do when the, the horse is bolted? There's nothing you can do. And it's like that with your dog. Once the dog is running around and won't come when you call them, there's not a lot you can do. Fourth key to success is your body language, how you move towards or away from the dog and whether you encourage the dog to come to you by crouching down, holding some food and using that high voice and the words, good boy, good girl. Fifth key to success is becoming the pack leader. Very subtle one, but this is the real key I find that if you haven't got this in place, a lot of strong-minded, intelligent, clever dogs will basically go, nah. I'm happy to work for food, but I don't respect you. You're not above me in the pack, and you're not going to tell me what to do. So you need to get that bit in place. And sixthly, sixth uh, key to success is the frequency, getting the frequency of recalls right so it's not too often, and uh, which will just bore your dog. And, uh, of course, if you, do, if you call your dog too often and give them treats every time, you're going to end up giving them way too many treats, way too much food. So there's those six keys to success. As I mentioned, if you're enjoying this and you think I'd like to take this to another level, then by all means, you know, I said at the very beginning, 
I will point you to a place where you can get a whole load more information to take this to the next level. And that's the video website, theonlinedogtrainer.com. If you go there, you'll find, you know, well over 250 videos inside that site, my videos about training your dog, about becoming the pack leader. There's videos of me working with dogs who've never been off the leash before or haven't been off the leash for ages. And very quickly, we've developed this beautiful recall. And um, inside, you'll also find a lovely audio, a second audio, um, similar to this one, but it's, you know, 10, uh, what is it, 10, 12 or 15, 15 more secrets and tips to developing an amazing recall. And I'm going to run through just some of those tips right now to give you an idea. We cover off in this other um, audio stuff like if you have a really athletic dog. I'm talking about dog with such high energy that they just want to, want to do that 20 kilometers. How do you deal with those dogs? Also, we're going to deal with those dogs who are just a tease. The dog who will come right up to you and then you can't grab them. And they're basically teasing you and they don't like to be grabbed. How can you sort that sort of issue out? We're also going to have a look at dogs who just refuse to come near the car. They're running away at the end of the walk because they know what's coming. We're going to have a look at some games, games that you can play with your dog, which actually really help develop the, the recall and uh, why some of these games are actually fantastic and, and how they work so well. And, if, and lastly, we're going to touch on, I mean, there's loads of things, but lastly, the thing I wanted to mention is going to be coming up in this audio is the hardest one of all. This is the secret of what to do when your dog runs up to other dogs on the beach. So many people have this issue that, you know, you can call your dog if they're sniffing the ground or if they're looking a bit bored. But once they start to run towards another dog, you cannot get them to come back. This audio looks at that uh, as well as a lot of other things. How do you get your dog to eventually start coming whenever you call them? even if they're running up to another pack of dogs. So loads more amazing information, good stuff about training your dog. Hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast on uh, training your dog to come every time when you call them. And I think if you've enjoyed this, you'll absolutely love the website, how to be the pack leader, all those videos, and of course the, uh, the second audio on training your dog to come when called. Anyway, that pretty much wraps it up for today. I've really enjoyed this. I'm looking forward to putting this second audio in place. I'm going to do it right now and put it inside the website. So if you're listening to this, Audio 2 is already sat there waiting for you to come and listen to it. Tons of great stuff. As always, thank you for listening to this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Have a great day. And as always, love your dog. You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog.